Hey, Roses. This next interview, I have nothing but good things to say about my next guest. Alexis Smith was literally dropped in my lap from God, literally. One day I was saying I needed to reach out to other people in New Orleans and branch out. And the next day I met this sweet angel on earth. Take some time, listen to the wonderful things that Alexis has in store and the things that she's currently doing, and uh, make sure that you're on iTunes, that you're tagging me when you listen to my podcast, and make sure you post it on social media. Enjoy this next podcast, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right, Roses, it's that time again. I am so happy that you joined in to the April Rose Speaking Podcast. I want to make sure that you guys are listening to me on iTunes, that you're subscribing, you're rating the podcast. Also, Facebook and Instagram, you can find me under April Rose Speaking Podcast. So today, I'm going to jump right in. I'm not going to keep you waiting. I'm so excited um, for my next guest. Um... She has so much to tell you guys, and I want you guys to know a little bit about her and what she's doing down here in New Orleans. I met this beautiful young lady a few weeks ago, and I was totally blown away by her sweet attitude and her professionalism. Now, the way we bumped into each other literally a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking to myself, okay, April, you've been doing this, you know, a bit of a hobby, and it's time to step your game up. And uh, you're in New Orleans, you need to reach out to some New Orleanians. And literally, as I was scrolling through Instagram, I noticed this beautiful face and an event was tied to the post. And it was a networking event. And I said, ta-da, God answered my prayers. And in comes Alexis Smith. Um, The event was a vision board um, event where everyone was creating vision boards for January. And she had some coaches available throughout the community to come in and help people with their vision. So I want to introduce you to this young lady, Alexis Smith. How are you doing today, Alexis? I'm doing so good. Wow. Thank you for that introduction, April. That's so good to hear the whole story of it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you kind of like just dropped, God dropped you right in front of me right at the right time. Literally, he did not wait a day for me to reach out and meet you. So I was totally blown away at the event. Um, I didn't know specifically that it was a vision, like a a vision board meeting, but I did know it was some type of networking coaching going on. And I said, hmm, that's right up my alley. So I was was totally astounded. Um, You were super nice right at the beginning. Uh, I think someone before you you approached me, um, and I probably thought that was the person holding the event because they came up so quickly, but not not that long after you approached me and you were super nice. Um, and then the event started. So we can talk about that event a little bit later because it kind of ties in to our podcast. And I know my listeners cannot wait to hear about you because I've been promoting you on Instagram and Facebook. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I know that they're really interested in hearing about you. So to get started and to warm up um, with the first question, can you tell the listeners um, your background? Because if they look at the pictures that I posted, you're a model, just you're a model. And um, that's pretty much all they understand. So if you can just kind of tell me a little bit about your background and let the listeners in on what you do. 
Absolutely. Um, so basically, I um, have always been in business. Business is a huge part of my life. I love solving problems. Um, I, my dad has made it a huge staple in our family. We own a family business here in New Orleans. Um, and so ever since I was really young and first learned how to add and write, he would um, allow me to do his books, his bookkeeping um, for the family business. So I've been right under his wing ever since I was like seven or eight working um, with my dad, who's an entrepreneur here um, and an amazing visionary. So uh, basically that's been translated over into my life, helping him with his business um, ventures, starting my own, um, even through high school and college. I was always coming up with a, a business plan or a scheme, whichever one you wanted to call them at that time. <laughs> very, it was very, uh, the early stages of me just being um, a social entrepreneur is what I'd like to call it. Um, now I run a nonprofit here in New Orleans called Us Helping Us New Orleans. We're um, advocates for the youth. Um, we believe in empowering our youth and our community through education um, focused on the knowledge of self. Um, and so, yeah, my, my heart is for all things Black, Black kids, Black community, Black excellence, Black art, um, Black visionaries, Black entrepreneurs. Um, we need some Black banks, so coming soon. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell. Still okay, growing and figuring it out. So, um, what is your, your vision, like the end goal or the vision? Let's say the vision came to fruition and you look back um you know when when we all get older and, and you've completed the vision of us helping us what is that vision like at the end of the day the end goal for me um I would love to see it still be um a staple in many different communities where diverse kids um feel safe to be themselves they can learn um and be supported for their unique selves. I hate, you know, categorizing, you know, uh, anyone or generalizing anyone um, to, you know, you're this because you were born this way. So just expanding that. Um, so us being in multiple cities and working also internationally, bringing diverse kids um, from around the world to New Orleans, which as I think is one of the most diverse cities in um, the United States, but then also bringing our kids to, um, just different places and allowing them to see how vast our culture is, you know? So that would be the end goal. Um, and then it growing um, in the communities of, uh, across the world. That would be great. So you want to scale? You want to scale at the end of the day? You want it to go national, international? I want it to go international. Um, focusing in the international part is just focusing on um, the exchange of uh, kids, you know? Okay, so like, I think you told me I would like for, you know, our kids to go over maybe to Africa, which we'll talk about a little bit later, and then the African kids come this way. But I know when I talked to you initially on the phone, you threw out some statistics like that, um, like the education. And I want you to repeat those statistics for the listeners about um, yeah. the level of education that's here in New Orleans. If you could throw those out quickly, and I think this is why you felt the need to start this nonprofit. Absolutely. Why us helping us is in existence and why what we do is so important um, is because we're seeing our young kids, um, you know, go through the justice system. 
be gunned down and things like that. And it, it's all starting from very small community issues that we ourselves can protect our kids from. The main thing being right now in Louisiana, um, we are 48 in education. We're ranked 48. So out of the 50, 51 states, um, we're 48 for education. So that says a lot about how much the country um, invest in our kids here and how much we are willing to put up with them not investing in our kids here. We're also 49 in opportunity, which means out of all of America, this is probably the last place you want to go if you want an opportunity in your life. So we're depriving all of our kids down here of an education and of the right of opportunity. Life is only opportunity. So if you don't see or have, you know, um, education or see opportunities for yourself in life, how do you expect that kid not to fall prey to um, the streets, to drugs or uh, mental abuse or um, just different things like that? So, you know, um, us helping us is for us to take the responsibility to raise our kids here in New Orleans. But I think that's the same story other places. They may not have the same statistics um, a ranking that we have, but um, I'm sure you know other communities are going through the same injustices as well. Right. And a couple things for me, um, and this is not about me, but it's just like an example of like why a lot of I get that question a lot. Why did I come to New Orleans? And I, you know, I I was married. I have children. I went through college. Like I did everything for my foundation. You know, like I went to school, I made good grades, I had a spiritual side to myself. So I had a really firm foundation. And so I came down here because it's just a Southern lifestyle. It's a little bit slower. The people are really nice in there. So that's pretty much like why I came to New Orleans. But to understand and flip it for children, I can understand why this may not be the ideal place you know to raise children and that's what you're trying to do is try to make that change as far as you know it being a great place as far as education number two when i was in indiana i actually worked for a nonprofit organization that focused on stem and i'm a i'm a total business person went to school got a business major and then i fell into this nonprofit organization that focused on um, children um, with disparities, single family homes, um, lower economics, uh, you know, lower on the economic scale. But it was STEM and STEM is science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So now we're finding out in America that a lot of people are feeling like, okay, college is a business. People are going into debt. Uh, we're, we're paying for books. We're paying for this education. And then we get this job making like 30000 a year. And we barely could pay our loans. STEM is another opportunity, especially for African-American children, boys and girls to look into because literally, and I don't know if you, um, if you even deal with STEM at all, but they literally can learn about coding, Um, learn about you know whatever STEM industry it is and once they're done they don't even have to go to college if they take certain courses for like six to 12 weeks or four months or whatever they can get out of that course and start making fifty thousand dollars a year so all I'm trying to say in a nutshell is sometimes what you're trying to do you're trying to build a platform where children can be themselves they feel safe and once they feel safe they can go hire 
and I always call it the Maslow's, I learned it in college, Maslow's, Maslow's Law, a hierarchy of needs. Once those basics are covered of safety and love, they can go up as far as education. Absolutely. So, yeah, so STEM, I don't know if you've looked into that. Um, as far as Absolutely. Um, actually, this, uh, so we have a after-school program. That's our main program. Every day after school, we um, tutor our kids. We welcome them in. We do a mindfulness and meditation uh, minute. So for about 15 minutes, we do mindfulness and meditation. Uh, then we go into the free meals um, that we're sponsored by uh, Second Harvest Um food program and so they Mm -hmm. provide uh, healthy meals for the kids and then um, following that we help them with their homework but during the summer we actually have a free summer camp program as well and um, this past summer we um, had an entire STEM week so this entire week uh, we learned you know each day was you know one day was scientific science one day was uh, technology one day was engineering, one day was mathematics. And then the five, last day we had a science fair. So, mm-hmm. um, but it was so amazing to see these kids ages four to 13 make science projects in the middle of the summer. Not only were they enthused, they were creative, they were brilliant, um, they enjoyed learning. Um, Shell actually helped us as well during that week um, with our STEM week um, and helped us Uh, with supplies so that kids could do different projects throughout the week so um, one thing I know for sure um, is how beautiful and brilliant our kids are especially here in New Orleans or in around the world honestly but especially uh, being living here and being from New Orleans um, the kids here are tough they're resilient they're creative um, and just very unique and just are so short-changed um, so I, I, I love them and I just would want them to see that life is full of possibilities. A child that you can teach to learn or not to learn, but to love to learn is a child we don't have to worry about. It's a child that has low education and doesn't see possibilities in life that gets desperate. And then that's a child you have to worry about, you know? Right. And I think what I respect about you and anyone that start nonprofit organizations for children is giving a child an opportunity to be heard and to be looked at and encouraged because, you know, I've worked in business and corporate, but it's just something about working with children. They'll always remember you if you just if you turn on that light bulb in their head. They'll Absolutely. always, always like I've, I've work for nonprofits. I work for the Urban League up north and those kids that I helped years ago like if I go up there and visit and they see me in the mall they're like giving me big hugs so it's really fulfilling to work in the nonprofit sector and be able to um, help at risk youth so I applaud you for that Alexis. Thank you really absolutely. Really, um, really I was just gonna say my dad you know he was a single dad who raised uh, three kids you know so there were a lot of people Um, along the way that still has left this lasting memory, um, a lasting impression on me more so, um, and has helped molded me into the person that I am. So I am honored to be that for some kids, you know, for kids in New Orleans. 
Yes, yes, I love that. And that actually led into my next question. So I did see your Instagram stories and you were telling me before this podcast that your brother took some pictures of you when you were younger. And so as I was looking at your stories, because I grew up in a traditional home, I had my mom, dad, brother and sister. And you were saying, you know, like you were raised by a single father with brothers. How have you being raised by a single father, your brother, so African-American males, groomed you or um, how did that like affect you and make you Alexis Smith today? Oh my gosh, totally shaped exactly who Alexis Smith today is. Um, And it's crazy that you say that because earlier today, um, so much alignment, I just believe in alignment. So I love, you know, calling on things that are aligned. Today, I spoke to my father. He just called me on the phone. um, And he had just had a moment where he was like, man, you're just like your daddy. (laughs) And (laughs) he was like, girl, you're so much like me. Sometimes it's scary. You know, um, my brothers and my dad have always been the world to me. You know, I admire all of them. I love all of them, um, you know, greatly. And, you know, no, nothing was perfect. They had their hangups, you know, um, we had a lot of hangups as a family. Clearly, we had no other woman but me in the house, you know, um, but we all loved each other. My dad um, always raised us to be very close. You know, something he told me when I was very um, young was that he was the person that was always going to be in my corner no matter what. And so um, that has been true and, and tried my entire life. Um, and so uh, we just growing up with all men showed me a lot of love, showed me how to be tough, helped me to really not mind working hard and getting my hands dirty. Um, and they really um, have made me feel special my entire life. Okay. So first of all, I was at the party and your dad was there. So tell your dad I said hello. Hopefully he'll remember me because he it was him and his sister. They both talked to me. So the girl, tell him the girl with the braids. Okay. Wanted to tell me hello. Wanted me to tell you hello because he was super sweet. Um, and I think I don't haven't lo- known you long enough. But what I think from the outside looking in, what you may have pulled in from being grown up, uh, being raised by men and your dad, is confidence. Because let me tell you, at your party, okay. And through your pictures, you exude confidence. And that's something women, we have to learn. So with you being around men, you just have this confidence and you're just smiling and you're going with the flow and you're talking to me and then you're like, hold up, I'm going over here. Like you're like this social butterfly. I'm like, I am tired watching her. I am, I, I'm going to have to leave and take a nap. Like you are a social butterfly. You're very confident. And so like, you know, when you see pretty, pretty females and pretty girls or whatever, um, you know, when you talk to them, sometimes you're like, oh, it really was just a pretty face, you know? But mm-hmm. when I talked to you and then I heard your mission, which is going to go into my next question when you went over to Ghana uh, over the holidays, like I was sold. And when you said April, I went to Ghana and I had this energy and I talked to myself and I said, how can I bring this home? That is what I, what I do as well. Like, what am I learning from this? 
I'm learning something and I want to do something with this. So growing up with men, you totally got your confidence from your dad. I'm sure you did. Oh yeah, absolutely. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saying that. But, um, and cause I never, uh, pinpointed that, you know, exact thought, but, um, so you definitely made me see that just now in such a beautiful way so thank you for saying that um one thing you got to know about my dad he is confident man um so I am I will happily tell him you said hello and that he gave me this confidence (laughs) yes tell him that and I'm sure the smarts as well because like I said if I would have went up to you and it was like oh girl your hair and this and you snatched her or your clothes look you know I would just we probably I would say hi when I see you but would not be on my podcast today I knew it was brains <laughs> behind the beauty and that's what I look for and anybody that I make a connection with someone that has passion someone that has drive and a mission in life and I do feel there's still some um, tweaking to your vision um, I think that you're just coming into yourself you're just turning I, I'm not going to say the age if you don't want me to but you're just you know coming into yourself right now so I think the future should watch out because Alexis is coming <laughs> Alexis Thank is you. coming Alexis so, is coming <laughs> yes Alexis is coming ring the bells Alexis is coming so um, let's talk about Ghana like that is really the whole reason you know, besides the uh, us helping us organization here in New Orleans but please tell my listeners about Ghana how did that happen how did it start what did you do there and what are you doing with that energy since? So, um, Ghana. Ghana started in 2017. Um, I have a best friend. Her name's Kylie. She has a best friend. Her name's Borle. Um, Borle and her sisters um, are half American, half Ghanaian. Um, and so she wanted, she had been traveling back and forth to Ghana her entire life um, with her family, her father's side of the family. And over in Ghana, um, they have a huge family, um, which means a lot of family wealth, uh, land and stuff like that. So just, you know, kind of connected around uh, Accra um, and in different cities uh, surrounding Accra. Um, so she wanted, they put together uh, a company called Afoco Adventures. And so in 2017, they wanted to do a trip to Ghana. And uh, at the same time, it was my birthday. So um, my brother, myself, my best friend Kylie joined them with some of her other close friends that she invited along the trip. Um, and then this was my first time going to Africa. Um, for me, going to Africa was always like a dream. Like I'm very, I'm a visual person. I'm a visual thinker. So I would always just dream about Africa and being totally from America, you know, um, of course I, my vision of Africa was tainted by just all of the, you know, big charity images of Africa, you know, the media. Yeah, absolutely. And so going over there soon as I stepped foot off of the plane um a lady walked up to me and said my sister welcome home we have been waiting for you that melted my heart so quickly I instantly (laughs) 
my view of Africa at that point just exploded. That that whole big charity media um, portrayal of Africa was just not what I experienced or saw or felt at all, you know. Um, mm-hmm. We had a really beautiful trip. Um, it changed my life 2017. So ever since then, I've been taking trips with Afoko Adventures to uh, Africa every year um, since then. So this past year, I went to um, Ghana again for the second time um, for New Year's. This is my first time starting my New Year off in Africa. Before, they were um, random trips throughout the year. So like once in February, I went once in September, just sporadic. But um, this was the first time I started the beginning of my year in Africa. And it was amazing. The most amazing thing I've ever done with my life um, was set my intentions in the motherland, you know? Um, So I went for the year of return. Ghana welcomed 750,000 Black people from all over the world. Um, We were able to spend $1.9 billion uh, in the Ghanaian economy. And that just fostered so much Black excellence. Everywhere you looked, everything was black, you know, Um, beautiful, um, unique, exotic, creative. Everything was just magical, but it was real. Like the only way I could literally describe it was that the spirit and energy in Africa was so strong that it felt like Jesus lives in Africa and the devil lives here in America. Like the purity of the energy is that strong wow yeah like that was really descriptive like I think I I literally think I I mean the using those exact words I kind of understand the feeling of what you experienced in Ghana and like you literally piqued my interest to the point that I'm gonna have to look into a trip within the next year to just take some time to go over there because um, absolutely a few years ago I did um like the ancestry.com and I saw you know where I was from and I was like this is like probably a crock this is probably not really where I'm from but it really showed me like the different areas of Africa where I'm from and then it said that you know I was from like like six percent from Britain and then I had other like Scandinavia so I was like 75 percent black and 25 percent mixed and so I said I'm I'm a I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a friend who already did this. So one of my friends I grew up with, I said, did you do ancestry? And she said, yeah. And she was 95% black and like 5% mixed. And you can look at her, she's this tall, slim, dark, she literally has dreads. And I think that it's accurate. And so I was able to actually see, I think I'm from Benin, Togo, Nigeria. So I literally saw the country. So I'm really interested in going to Africa myself. So you really, when you said that, it really resonated with me and piqued my interest. And like I said, I'm gonna look into going there if they do this next year, because I heard it after everybody came back. I was like, I'm like so into black culture and so into us. And how did I miss this? And so when I literally talked to you, I'm like, and you went too? You went to Ghana too? How did I miss this? You remember our conversation? I'm like, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And I was thinking about that and you actually said something again just now that, you know, being in black culture and um, you missed it, you know, that you were heavy in black culture and you missed it. There is still a disconnect between um, black youth people, young um, black people here and young black people 
in Africa. There's still a, a strong disconnect, even though we're seeing, you know, breakout artists like Burner Boy, Mr. Easy, Wizkid, you know, um, we see how entertaining and how similar and how creative and amazing they are through these, you know, new uh, breakout artists. But we don't always see ourselves in them. And right. You don't see it until you go over there and you experience it for yourself that even though we're mixed breed over here because of our long history, we could have that conversation. Another podcast, Mm -hmm. um, we have more of their blood in our bodies than the people we're over here with, you know? Um, Yeah. Pretty much. And I never never even thought of it that way, honestly, because I do not even really feel like I relate anything to African like I'm American you know but exactly based on my DNA I am mostly African yeah no most of us are mostly African yeah and I have no clue of that culture at all so I definitely have to make a trip over there so you really piqued my interest when you brought Ghana up so and if I could recommend Mm -hmm. um going over there with a group I would definitely would recommend Afoko Adventures um, they're based out of Atlanta um, and they can make the trip as commercial or as personable for you. Um, so could you spell that in like the, the website? Like, could you yes, maybe- you can find them on um, via the website or on Instagram spelled the same way. A-F-O-K-O Adventures, A-D-V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S. Um, so dot com for the website and then just Afoco Adventures for Instagram and you can find out um, how to get in contact with them at, uh, when they have another trip coming up and then you can also book personally with them also cool that is so cool I'm definitely going to go to the website yes. I'm definitely going to make sure that I put it in the show notes for the listeners to look up after the Absolutely. show and if um, you think I'm beautiful with brains you definitely have to meet the Quay sisters Amelia and Borlay are gorgeous um and they have a very strong um energy and purpose behind getting black people to africa i think it's so amazing what they do what they've done um so absolutely support 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 perfect perfect (laughs) so is there anything else that you want my listeners who i call my roses anything else you want my listeners to know about you alexis um hey roses one last thing I would love for you guys to know about me um is that I would like for more of us to be involved with our youth and our community and so if you want to support me support your local um black businesses black communities black kids um right now as young black people it should be on the forefront of our minds most of the time to elevate um, our black culture around the world. It's no reason why we have, you know, black billionaires and black millionaires and no black banks. It's no reason why, you know, we're not owning our schools now and teaching our kids their true history that they are African before they're American, you know, um, and just things like that. So. If you want to support me, you can always support us helping us in New Orleans, of course. If you're here in New Orleans, until I get into your city, you can support your local, um, yeah, communities. Yeah, like, I really wasn't expecting you to say that. That was like, (laughs) (laughs) 
girl, let me tell you, when you sat down next to me after your speech, you was like, how did I do? Like, you don't even understand the influence that you can have and the power that you have. Because with my podcast, I've, li- I've literally, Alexis, have been grappling with this of my podcast being geared towards African-Americans for Blacks. And I get inboxes all the time. Well, it doesn't really matter the color. And it, and I don't really say anything. I just say thank you for listening. But honestly, it does matter because we've been overlooked, underbooked, period. Kept, kept away from, history stumped on, yep. told we weren't beautiful enough, ter- told we weren't smart enough. And I'm not going to be a just another podcast to appease America. I am a podcast to appease my people and to show them that they're beautiful and that they're worthy and that they're worth it. And so I am so honored and I am so thankful that I met you because um, I just do, I was telling somebody else because I went to a, a, a art gallery, T. Osborne over the mm-hmm. weekend. And I was telling someone, you know, how I just really told him I appreciated him at the art gallery and thank you for making this world more beautiful with his black art. And they were like why you know why do you go you know why are you do you go over the top like this all the time and it's actually yes yes I'm the same way (laughs) yes I do because I give people their flowers while they're alive and I want to thank them for their contribution while they're alive I don't want to cry when they pass or wish I would have said something I want to thank him for right just like you I want to thank you for creating um uh you know us your organization what is it called I'm sorry it's us helping us New Orleans us I didn't want to say it wrong us helping us for creating that organization and I'm totally going to sign my kids up for the summer to talk to a lady with four kids baby yes (laughs) all free three meals a day three field trips a week (laughs) I will definitely be the first in line to sign them up for summer but I totally appreciate everything that you do for the community new orleans i am making it my home i'm so glad that i ran into you i'm so glad that your father raised you to be the woman that you are so if you can just tell my listeners one more time where they can find you connect with you on social media website just give it all to them so that i can hand them over to you to talk to you (laughs) thank you so much roses for listening um you can always reach out to me via instagram um at alexis smith the model or um, via the website www.uhuno.org um, if you go to the contact us um, you can message and email me directly um, yes and we're also on Instagram UHU New Orleans um, that's just us helping us New Orleans period <laughs> thank you so much April for having me this was amazing I enjoyed talking to you there you have it. Thank you so much, Alexis. We're going to talk more, girl, after the podcast. But to end this podcast, Roses, I really want to thank you for tuning in, for taking your time out of your day, because you know what? The, your time is the most valuable thing on this earth. Not clothes, not money, not anything else but time. We cannot get our time back. So I fully appreciate you taking your time today listening to April Rose Speaking Podcast. I will talk to you next time, Roses, and you have a fantastic day. I love you guys. Bye.